So I'm guessing you're familiar with DISC profiling or have taken other personality or psychometric tests in the past. You probably did one in a past life as an employee, right? But do you know how to optimize this tool yourself now as a business owner to improve your sales and marketing? In today's episode of Marketing and Me, I'm chatting with Carol Issa from Leadership Activators, who is delving into this very fascinating topic. And she's made me see disc profiling in a whole new light. Let's jump into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. The show covers marketing and copywriting strategies to attract more clients to a health and wellness business, while also helping you build a stronger and more positive mindset. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I manage a team who can transform your words from rough ramblings to meaningful messages via outsource copywriting or training. I run the blogging bootcamp, an awesome course and membership to teach small business owners how to write and repurpose engaging blogs, as well as keeping them accountable to actually write them. Now, before we delve into today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to the show to ensure you always have easy access to inspiring and actionable tips. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Carol Issa. Welcome, Carol. Hi, Leanne. How are you? Great to be here. Great. Yes, great to have you. Yes, all going well here. I will just read out your bio. I haven't had a guest for a little while, so I'll read out your bio and um, everyone knows who you are and um, yeah, what they're in for. That sounds bad. What they're in for, know what they can expect, who you are in this episode. So Carol is the founder of Leadership Activators. And as a former sound engineer turned professional executive coach, she specializes in leadership and communication and is the host of the Leadership Activators podcast. Go check it out. Carol is the creator of the Active Leader Pathway, which has been specifically designed to help business owners and team managers go from just managing people to becoming active leaders. She's been invited as a keynote speaker nationally and internationally to share her experience in leadership, emotional intelligence, and entrepreneurship. For the past seven years, her mission has been to give emerging leaders access to the best tools to help them build more confidence, to have more influence, and create more impact. And I think all my listeners would love to know how they can do that. <laughs> Um, brilliant. So that sounds like quite a journey. What were you doing? I mean, I love to hear more about your business journey and what brought you to what you do now. Yeah. Wow. That's a long story. Let's make it long story short. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Mainly I used to be a sound engineer and, um, very much stuck into the tech world, happy between my four walls, comfortable behind my screen and, um, not having much people skills. Let's put it this way. Uh, so I was not naturally wired or inclined to um, have people's skills. And um, what ended up happening is I got promoted really quickly to manage a recording studio by the age of 25, uh, then to co-found a training center for sound engineers by the age of 26, um, just because I was really good at what I did. So obviously, I had to very quickly start to leading others, whether it was teams, business partners, um, other partners in the business. And um, it became very hard for me to create the success that I was after. And I kept being frustrated, wondering what's going on. And mainly, I remember saying, what's wrong with people? 
where is the bloody people's manual here? <laughs> no, there, there, there was one <laughs> or many. So um, this is when I um, I started to realize that something was missing, but I wasn't so sure what it was because um, at the time I didn't really have access to environments where there were developed leaders who I could model or learn from. So I was pretty much following what was around, which was either the investor of the business who's usually very far from what's happening on the ground um, or other technicians like me who got promoted just because they were good at what they did. And um, I remember one day when I was uh, in one of my internships and trainings, I used to fly every year to San Francisco and London to get access to the latest and greatest tools. Um, so um, I was about to set up the recording studio and I was very nervous. There was a big artist who was about to walk into the studio. Um, I think it was Sting at the time. And uh, the manager noticed that. And he just came, he said, Carol, um, I, I just see that you're a bit nervous. Are you okay? I said, yeah, I just really want to get it right. I want to nail this. Uh, so he said, don't worry about it. You see all the fancy equipment here. None of this really matters. Success is 70% psychology and only 30% technical skills. Um, at the time, I was like, what does he mean? This is complete <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. And um, But it stayed with me for a very long time. And uh, like the very famous Buddhist proverb says, uh, the teacher appears when the student is ready or something along those lines. Yep. Yep. And uh, this is when I, I embarked on this journey of looking for answers on how that I could better understand, decode the world of human behavior, hum human psychology, what drives people, what stresses people out, what demotivates them, what inspires them, and what success really means and redefining the word success. Um, so fast forward now, uh, which is 20 years later almost, um, I've completely moved from the world of being technical, so hard skills, um, to helping people develop their soft skills. So everything that has to do with understanding their world so that they can better lead others uh, with confidence and create the influence and impact that they are after. Oh, that's amazing. And I can totally relate to what you're saying about, you know, the promotions into management roles. I've witnessed that, um, you know, that. They could do their yeah the job really well, but then actually a manager or have another experience to be a manager and is thrown into it. Um, so I can really relate to ah that that whole thing like how you actually do that effectively. Um, yeah, no, that's brilliant. And so now you, I guess, are you like a bit of a people watcher? You're constantly looking at people and how they <laughs> react, and you're like, oh, I have to add that to my you know uh, <laughs> my book of of traits and and. Um, characteristics that certain people have and how what works and doesn't work when you're talking to them and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I hear you. It can be a bit creepy if you refer it this way. But um, I think to me, just like you shared beautifully, it, it's a matter of enriching my bag of tools so I can better help others. Because the beauty about human behavior and psychology is that it's it has so many facets. It's so rich, so many layers, and there's always another level to discover. And the distinctions start to become more subtle and more subtle as we move forward into this world, which I absolutely love. Uh, I'm naturally wired to, in, to being into details as well, which helps me. Um, but at the same time, having said that, um, I also enjoy taking off my hat 
or, or like as a coach or as an observer of human behavior and because it can also get tiring um and it's like yeah I, I sometimes I'm like I just want to be um as opposed to being on the constant lookout for uh, and observing people for what else I can learn and that sort of thing so I think it's important to create a balance between observing and enriching my bag of tools and and also just yeah, you don't want to be at a party and be analysing people. Uh, <laughs> nah. Otherwise, you know, after a couple of drinks, you start verbalising what you <laughs> that could Not go downhill very, yeah, um, very quickly. So, who do you work with now, and how do you help them? So, I, I work with business owners and executives and their team members because I believe that leadership starts anywhere. Um, all the way from someone who's just started working with the team as a junior to someone who's been there well seasons for a year or the actual business owner. Um, I work to help them have access to the right tools to lead and communicate effectively. So um, usually people are great at what they do, like we shared earlier, but they do not necessarily have access to the right tools. And instead of them going um, for a long ride, let's put it this way, to look for the right books, the right tools, the right YouTube videos, the Google articles, the one that are like accurate, the one that are not accurate, and start to sift through them to find out for themselves what works for them. Um, I have done the work already and, and I'm still going through it. Um, I'm really trying to help as much as I can based on my experience so that they don't have to wait 20 years uh, before they, they get there and start to reinvent the wheel. So um, this is what I do. I help them build the confidence that they need to build to build their leadership skills and communication skills so that they can have the influence and impact that they are after. Awesome. And, yeah, the influence is what we really want to talk about today, um, mm. you know, and talking about disc, disc profiling, DISC um, in particular, uh, for, you know, influencing target market like to help improve our marketing and sales yeah. uh you know everyone listeners are probably familiar with you know personality tests like discs maybe they know of different ones um which is probably in their past career they've come across uh now i would love to yeah because we're really just going to hone in on this today because you know there's so many others uh, we'll keep it really specific but can you please explain what disc is uh for those who aren't overly familiar or it's been a long time uh the and the benefits of knowing our own profile plus the profile of our target market to help with those sales awesome so um, love it. So the very first question, what is DISC? Um, DISC is a behavioral profiling tool. And what it means is that it helps us understand a layer of people, the way they are wired in terms of their behavior. So that it helps us enhance the way we lead them, the way we communicate with them, and in the context of this conversation, the way we market to them and serve them. Um, this is an acronym for D stands for dominant, I for influence, as S for steady, and C for compliant or conscientious. And um, each one of these letters represents a certain archetype or behavioral style that helps us understand better the internal world of or map of ourselves to start with, and then of the person that we are communicating with or leading. And um, 
to briefly uh, describe what they are. So D for dominance, the typical archetype, if we were to think about the behavior of the dominant energy, provided that, the, let's talk about the dominant energy, if we were to crank it up all the way to 100%, uh, because usually we are a mix and a blend of the def different energy styles, but we will find ourselves that we lean more towards some of them and others are more of a stretch for us. So we have access to all of them, but then there's a tendency to go more towards one than the other or two than the others. So D for dominant, if I were to say that I'm 100% inclined or have a tendency to, to express more my behaviors in the dominant world, um, it would look like the warrior or the hunter. This would be the typical archetype of a dominant energy. Fast decision-making, loving challenge, what's the next step, uh, goal-oriented, outcome uh, and, and results focus it's all about challenge and chasing the next step uh, the internal map is always looking to win so life is a game business is a game um, so the constant question in the background whether uh, someone who's displaying a behavior of dominant energy is aware of it or not is how is it can I, that i can win the game of insert whatever context we're talking about here um so Bringing it back to the marketing uh, part of how is it that we can contextualize this tool and leverage its power there. If I am looking to attract people who have this hunter or warrior archetype within them, um, what I would want to do when I'm writing my message or when I'm languaging my offer, when I'm having a conversation with potential clients that I would like to help or are more on the dominant side, I want to make sure that I'm being outcome-driven, results-focused, and framing the benefits of what I'm offering as being uh, into the context of how is it that I'm going to help you win the game. So this is the frame um, that we need to follow when we are speaking to someone who's more on the dominant energy style of the spectrum. Um, the other thing that we know about, again, it's by and large, uh, statistically speaking, um, I would highly recommend that people do not plug this everywhere, right? To uh, date the idea rather than saying, oh, you're a dominant energy, therefore I'm just going to flood you with that thing because Carol said that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, so, so to make sure that um, there is more flexibility also on the way we approach this, so it's an indication of how we could use it. Um, is that from a sales strategy standpoint, so um, each one of us has a way to buy a strategy that we run when we are buying something. For the dominant energy, it's called an automatic convincer. So what we mean by this is that they make their decision very quickly as long as two criteria are met. Are, met. are you going to help me achieve the results? And are you the best, the first, the latest, and the greatest? So there's this elite feeling uh, that we need to have if it's part of the character of our brand uh, that we need to convey in our message to help them make their buying decision. So this is for the dominant energy. For uh, the I energy, the influential energy. So if you look at it from an archetypical standpoint, it's the archetype of the charmer uh, or the jester or the peacock. Um, so it's a very colorful energy, a beautiful energy that always has this uh, positive vibe, this joy, excitement, uh, wanting to embrace um, life and business with fun, with variety. It's an adventure. Um, this is an energy style that is really good at building fast rapport. 
and painting the positive and exciting, inspiring picture of everything. Um, so in other words, in, from a marketing standpoint, the way we want to frame uh, the message is to make it exciting because this is an energy that looks at who is going to be with them on their journey. The who is very important. Um, as opposed to the what is the purpose if we were to contrast it with the dominant energy. Um, so it's it's an energy style that is very much around people and feelings. And um, what they're looking for is, is the experience going to be joyful, fun? Um, is it going to bring me this feeling like upbeat feeling? Um, so it's important to create this inspiration uh, and fun and joyful environment when we are uh, languaging the message of our, our marketing. Uh, from a sales strategy standpoint, this is an energy style that um, is an automatic convincer as well. Um, they get very much excited about the idea and that's pretty much the criteria that they're looking for. Um, and um, the, the, the thing that we want to be mindful of as well is that there is the shiny object syndrome challenge that high eye energies styles um, have as well. So there is this need to be constantly in their face to remind them of the focus point. Because otherwise, if something else that is shinier than what we're working on together pops up in their world, they're just going to go there. Um, they have the best intentions in the world. It's not that's out of lack of loyalty. This has nothing to do with that. It's just the way the behavior is being wired. And the attention goes uh, somewhere I else. I am. <laughs> I know I'm a high I. Then next is D. Um, I am a shiny object syndrome person. So I like yes, yes, that makes sense. I don't want to just go to all things, but I get excited as you're saying. Like yeah. this is you know. Um, so yeah, if you constantly come back and tell me why I need to commit to this thing, what then and reminding me, no, no, stay back and focus. Like or even sending regular emails you may feel like you're being annoying but for me it's like oh no that's right yeah I was going to register that because I've got a million things going on so I actually appreciate that cut through <laughs> and yes. reminding me oh have you signed up yet oh no I did want to thank you and then checking <laughs> in with me when I don't show up please do <laughs> there you go beautifully said yeah. thank you so much for sharing this this is context <laughs> yeah. into this yeah accountability reminding on where the, of where the, uh, about where the focus needs to be yeah. Uh, very important for us as business owners to be mindful of this so that we can better serve and help our clients when we discover that they have the tendency to be more on the influential side of the spectrum. Um, so this is for the first two. Um, the third energy style, which is the S energy style that stands for steady. Um, this is more of the archetype of, it's more of a reserved energy style. We're starting to move to the backstage um, rather than the front stage, which are the dominant and influential energies are more of front stage energies. Um, so this is a steady energy that has the archetype of the nurture. And what we're looking here is a high level of sense of togetherness, uh, wanting to be safe, secure, comfortable, looked after. And what I mean by this, in contrast to the dominant energy, for example, it's an energy style that doesn't like that much challenge or big steps, big leaps, uh, newness, uncertainty. Um, so every time there is a challenge that comes up that the steady energy is facing, um, us as 
service providers, you want to be mindful of that, that we need to support them, offer extra support. Everyone likes support. And then specifically the nurturer or the S energy side would like a little bit more extra support than other energy cells. So being mindful of slowing down there and making sure that they are okay, they are still with us on the journey and they're being looked after. Um, in terms of message in marketing, what we're looking for is mainly loyalty, trust, togetherness. So it's just creating this nurturing environment, slowing down in our marketing message, taking the time to build rapport, and most importantly, making sure that we're not being intrusive. Um, as an example, um, if we have, uh, let's say this is our target market and we would love to work with people who are more on the nurturing side of the spectrum, who value togetherness, trust and loyalty more than other behavioral styles. Sounds like other behavioral styles do not value that. This is more, uh, it's more amplified. If you have on our website, this pop-up chat box that says, hey, I see that you're on your website, um, on my website. Do you need any help? This is intrusive. For a nurture energy style, this is not a good idea. So um, instead of making sure, so let's say if I am a business owner who is more on the I energy side of the spectrum and I get excited about this new feature and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Saying hi to someone and getting to know them better and having a chat, that's super cool. This is what an influential energy would like to have access to, building fast rapport, instant connection. Well, guess what? It's the complete opposite for a steady energy. It's going to come across as intrusive and they're just going to exit. Oh, good to know. It's I too fast. Chat to mine. Uh, but it's not, yeah, I guess it's a way. Oh, hey, do you need help? Um, but you know what? Probably because I'm that high energy, I naturally attract the high energy people anyway. So I guess if anyone gets put off by that chat bot, then they're not my people. There <laughs> you go. I want to chat. I want to chat. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's important also to know who you want to work with, what type of yeah. clients you'd like to attract and work with. Yeah. And again, we want to remember that we are all a mix of different energy styles. So let's say if you were to be having someone who's visiting your website who's a mix of influence and steady, and then the chat box pops up, they might switch and be flexible on the influential mm -hmm. side, like, oh, hey, that's cool, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so it really depends what is the blend that we are um, working with and communicating with as well. Um, so the steady energy in terms of decision-making when it comes to a sales conversation, uh, the way they decide whether they wanna work with you or not is what we call an over period of time convincer. And what it means is that they need to keep stacking time to trust you. So this is uh, the person who you want to keep coming back to over a year, two, three. You might be nurturing them for so many years, let's say through your newsletter or on your LinkedIn newsfeed or however you want to put it, depending on what marketing strategies you're, follow, you're using. And then three or five years later, they'd be like, hey, let's have a sales conversation. <laughs> It's so uh, true. That happens. It happens. It's happened to me. I've mentioned it before on, on communications, whether it's, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast. I think I did. Yeah, I've had people been receiving my emails for years and finally like, I'm ready to work with you now. Um, it's, yeah, so they're probably the people, the, the steady ones that are just like, oh, I just need to make sure I trust you completely before you enter my world kind of thing. Exactly, 100%. And, and it's very important, again, because something that I keep coming across also with business owners is that uh, the first tendency, even with team leaders, is to treat other people the way 
we like to be treated or we see the world with this perspective we expect others to see it the same way like uh, why is this person taking three to five years to work like couldn't they have made up their mind like five years ago which most likely would be either someone who's more on the d energy yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. spectrum or an i <laughs> i can see my husband is, his high day he'd say something like that why are they taking so long like just <laughs> yeah. so um yeah being mindful of different people have different uh, speeds um for different reasons and the other thing is that the steady energy style it's important also to help them make the decision even if they are showing up on a sales call and they're ready to buy there is still this last support this last push of support that we want to be mindful of where we need to support them to make the decision because they're not going to still make the decision on their own um so a typical um conversation that might happen is mm, Um, give me some time to think about it. Let's say after I make the offer. And if someone is more on the DI side of the spectrum, like, what does that need to think more? Uh, and so something that we could do to help support the decision, like, so for what purpose do you need more time? And clarifying what is stopping them from making that decision and then taking it from there to start helping them uh, make the, the decision that is right for them. Uh, sometimes it might be they want to discuss it with the partner. Sometimes it's about uh, checking with their finances when it's the right time to get the budget. It depends what's going on. So helping them uh, make the decision is important. Um, so this is for the steady energy side. For the C side, which is the compliant or the conscientious side, what we're looking at here is the archetype of the technician uh, or the professor uh, or the expert. And um, this is an energy style that is very much into detail. Uh, they know their craft really well and expect others to know their craft really well. So it's an energy style who's, that is very sensitive uh, to lack of consistency, uh, to, let's name it, BS. Uh, it's, they have a BS detector. So um, the minute there is lack of consistency or there's discrepancy between what has been said before and what's being said now, a change of message, a change of mind, uh, a price change, anything that changes uh, that is not consistent, there is this automatic sensor that comes in and like, hey, there's a radar because they're very much into detail. They follow everything historically. They remember every single conversation, every single data point. That's not um, legal. So <laughs> I'm not a details person. <laughs> so, uh, and this is an energy style that values a lot of expertise and knowledge. Um, so when we're looking at marketing uh, to this energy style, it's very important to be knowledgeable, to showcase that we are an expert in our field. We know what we're talking about, that we're being consistent, whether it's with our branding, with our message, uh, with our image. Uh, with the way we uh, uh, give recommendations or suggestions. Um, the beauty about this energy style is that once they buy from you once, um, that's it. Because they've already made, they, they stress test the hell out of you. So they, they've already taken the time to, again, it takes, this is a three-time to five-time convincer from a sales strategy standpoint, the strategy that they run in the background. And uh, because they've taken the time to stress test everything, now they know you're the right person. They're going to keep buying from you over and over again. So this is a, a, what we call, what I call a repeated, repeat offender. So they're going to keep uh, buying again. And then they will start also, they are the people who are going to be the best referrals for mm -hmm. you. 
because they know exactly what the right match looks like. It's data-driven, it's detail-driven. Um, they know exactly what it looks like to have the right match for you. Um, so there needs to be a lot of patience in this game um, and giving them the opportunity to double-check, triple-check, quadruple-check um, everything. So they're going to be, for example, uh, looking at a testimonial. What's written in this testimonial? Um, then looking at your bio. Is it accurate? Uh, looking at the types of projects that you worked on, case studies. Does it match what the testimonial said, what's in the bio? Um, so it's it's always this constant lookout for lack of consistency or consistency. And the more consistent you are, uh, the more likely you are to, um, to, to have them become your clients. And the more knowledgeable and expert you are, the more likely they're going to uh, want to be your client. Oh, I love that. And you know what? As I jotted the notes, because what I realized is because um, – if anyone's listening going okay great now how can I talk to like four different types of people but no there's actually a whole mix of different combinations so it's more than that how do I make sure I'm capturing that in my all my social media posts and all my messaging um and I actually thought of a really good example you know with um a sales landing page um you know these are often quite long and I guess there's a reason why they're so long because you've got to touch upon each of these different types of people you got to definitely have, you know, the the details of how your your course, your program, your product's going to work, you know, for those who are the detail-orientated people. Um, you also need, for those who need the nurturing, you know, make sure they know you'll have this, you know, support via the chat or the Facebook group or whatever it is knowing. And there's the opportunity for one-on-one coaching if you need it, if that's the case or whatever it is. Um, you also want to then, you know, help the others with um, like the influencers that like, yes, this is science is new. This is going to be amazing for you. And then for, you know, the, the dominant go, this will help you win. This will help you convert. This will help you do this. So um, just in what you were saying, I'm like, I, I you know, cause I've just written my first sales page, really. I can now understand where it all fits together. Why these sales pages have to be so long. It's because the right people read the right things for them. And obviously the details people are going to skim over the details like me. Um, whereas, you know, and the dominant people we're looking for, no, no, just tell me, you know, the conversions I'm going to get from this. So um, yeah. the, I just thought that was a really, just, just popped in my head. That's probably a really good example, isn't it, of how you can talk to everyone in one spot. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Spot on. You nailed it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then in terms of then your socials, you just make sure you're releasing a mix. So sometimes it's, so who am I? Here am I, you know, um, testimonials, mix of how I can support you. And and it's it's basically just a mixture. If, of course, like we were saying earlier, you want to work with all personality types. Exactly. You may not want to. So therefore you work that out first and then you kind of work backwards from that and communicate accordingly. Absolutely. So like you shared beautifully, Leanne, is that um, having a mix of different ways of communicating with different energy styles, people who are not interested in this particular information is going to skim through and people who are will look for it. Um, But also something, another layer that I would love to share, um, when people are starting out their business, um, usually it's you don't have testimonials yet. Um, It's a bit difficult and challenging to position yourself as an expert. You're still trying to find your niche, your feet, all of that. Uh, What I usually recommend is that they focus their um, marketing message to attract uh, either an influence, influential energy, an eye energy, a charmer, uh, or a dominant energy. Um, So if I were to say preference of order and I energy, 
um, because they're going to be the ones championing you on social media, uh, providing the beautiful testimonials when they have, of course, a great experience with you, um, getting excited about it. Because also something that I keep coming across with early stage business owners is that they need this external boost to remind them of what they're good at. Um, it's very challenging for them from the get-go to build a strong inner compass and be confident with what they have to offer. And the influential energy is beautiful at that, like really making sure that they focus on how awesome this was and how they benefited from that. So it's it's in a way also leveraging this um, um, exchange uh, and connection, uh, leveraging each other's strengths. So in this case, the business owner will need to make sure that they keep the eye energy focused on the goal so that they achieve the results to start having those first uh, success stories and case studies uh, that are going to help us over time build the facts that the compliant energy needs or the trust over a period of time that the steady energy we need that we don't have yet. Um, now, over time, we've started to build results. So now we can move to the dominant energy who's looking for results. I've achieved those goals with those people. Now the dominant energy is going to go very fast, taking fast action, driving it because they want to win. So I'm getting even more case studies now with the different flavors. So here I have the excitement, positive, inspiring journey. Here I have the results, goal-focused oriented. Uh, so now I have a combination of two different uh, perspectives of the journey, and I can start to build over time the beautiful like palette of colors of clients that I can start to serve um, from a strategic standpoint. Yeah. And then it just kind of, um, yeah, like you gradually build up the type of messaging that helps with your content marketing. And as we were saying, you know, the SNC can take a little while to convert. So um, that's where your content marketing comes in. You just start, just keep showing up consistently, sharing as you do have your first clients and you then, you, you know, you share testimonials, case studies, and then, it's just going to make them, you know, those who want the the data of how much success you've achieved for people, you'll start to build that up. Um, but they may also need it. Yeah, trust you. So you show who you are behind the scenes, not just what your product or service provides, but who you are as a person. Um, and what you're also saying with the influencing, I was just thinking, well, look, for one, we're familiar with influencers, like on social media. Um but you don't have to go to like those big names and have to pay them lots or, you know, shove free products at them and hope you, you know, it works. Just from like, you know, I'm a fan of networking. You can go to networking groups, connect with people and just say, you know, if you form a good connection, hey, would you mind just, you know, commenting on some of my my social media posts, like follow me on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, just build up that kind of trust other people by, you know, others showing support for you. Uh, like I personally have a little WhatsApp power group and we've got each other's backs and um, and now in, in the blogging boot camp uh, that I've, you know, just about to officially launch, um, we are, you know, sharing wins with each other and commenting on each other's posts and things like that as well, just so other people can then see it and it builds up that authority. So it definitely, mm. it's if you can get those influences around you, that can definitely help you as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I just want to ask as well before I go into asking my general questions. Um, yeah. do you think it's somewhat manipulative um to, you know, kind of know someone's disc profile and then talk to them accordingly? Um I'm tempted to say this is a very frequently asked question, and I'm glad that you asked this yeah. question. <laughs> um I think um the, the distinction that is important here is um 
manipulation versus influence. And um, this is where, where the question usually comes from because people have experienced being manipulated uh, many times and they are afraid that this is what their potential clients might be um, experiencing with them and they don't want that. Um, usually I say, if you're worried about it, then you don't have any problem. Uh, then I extend and say where it's important to um, see the difference and create this distinction between manipulation, which is usually I win, you lose. It's a win-lose um, situation uh, where I'm just selling you for the sake of selling, um, having my quota met um, and I have my number at the end of the month and then who cares whether or not you benefit from whatever I'm selling you. I've just made the sale. Uh, so the, the short side or the short term gain um, uh, mindset, um, whereas the influence is more about a conversation where I'm looking whether what the client is facing as a challenge is a good match to what I have to offer. Am I going to be able to help them? This is going to really help them. And then if the answer is yes, I will start influencing them through using different psychology tools out of which this in this case where i'm helping them making the decision that is right for them so first is about making sure that it's the right match and then influencing so influence is a win-win uh, situation where we both are winning they're winning because i'm helping them solve their problem and i'm winning because i'm also getting value out of that uh, to continue to thrive in my business um, so this is, I think, the the the, the main perspective that um, I usually share with people who ask me this question uh, and just pause and think, am I creating a win-lose situation? Then in this case, don't use the tool. Um, and if it's a win-win situation and you're influencing uh, the selling decision, the buying decision, then go for it. All the power to you. Yeah, like I, I personally been on at the end of, um, you know, a real hardcore sales pitch um you know one of those free one dayers um and getting to an event like oh I really just want to think about it because just you know it's a big investment or whatever and basically being told by all the co-founder you're not allowed no you have to at least put down a deposit you can go you know you can get it you know get it back you know it's 10 days or whatever money back if you change your mind but you'd have to at least and I'm like oh okay I just want to go to the toilet first and come back and he actually said, no, you're not leaving this room unless you've agreed. Um, I was probably at a vulnerable point. That, you know, I actually a bit teary and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's embarrassing. I just want to get out of there, but I felt like I couldn't. Um, and, look, you know, the thing that I end up doing, I'm not going to go into what it was now, but I did enjoy the experience. It was great, but I definitely didn't like how, you know, the way he was wording, oh, you know, you're probably putting your family first. This is time for something for you. Like that felt really manipulative and yucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, and I've, I've had sales experience, you know, myself, started out in telesales after uni. And it was purely just like, just tell me why, talk me through um, why are you hesitating. And if it honestly didn't feel like a right fit, I go, yep, cool, send you on your way. Um, that's fine. You come back when you're ready. And mm-hmm. I still do that now. And and then mm-hmm. people go, thank you, I respect that. And they probably are more likely to come back to you or refer you to other people because you didn't feel that pressure. Um, and I think a lot of people, when it comes to word sales, right, they feel like that's the definition of sales, like pressure. And if they, you know, can get into your head and there's this profiling, um, is it just going to be, you know, you can be taken advantage of. But no, you can just go, no, all right, I can tell from, you know, your 50-minute consultation, whatever it is, that 
this is a D, I need to then speak like this. And then yeah. we'll relate to each other better. Um, yeah. or, or they obviously want details. So I'll give them more details because if you just ignore, if you just ignore the details, they're just gonna get annoyed with you and leave anyway. Uh, <laughs> great point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's the questions I always ask my guests. And the first one is what's the best form of marketing for your business, Carol? Number one is referrals. <laughs> That's the best uh, form of marketing. Um, the second one is uh, social media. And um, th- this one is, is more about making sure that people know what I'm about, who I am, what I stand for, and then how I can help them. Um, and, and usually people reach out to me uh, after they've seen a post or a series of posts asking me if we could have a conversation. Um, and, and this is um, how it works. And the other thing that, that I would say also less from a channel's perspective, it's more about the thinking and what I value behind the scenes is that um, I make sure to be consistent with who I am as Carol, uh, with who I am as a business owner and a service provider. Um, so it's not suddenly like if you were to meet me grocery shopping, uh, that I would look completely different, that I would have a completely different behavior and be like, what? Who's that on social media? Um, to me, it's very important to have this consistency. I agree. And, and this, yeah, this transparency. Um, and I would say appropriate transparency. Um, so uh, revealing the parts that are business relevant uh, to, to people and the vulnerabilities as well. Uh, it's not all uphill. It can go down and it can go up. Um, and this is, I think, very important because um, over like a long period of time for the past years, I think that people have been uh, looking for to build trust and trust has been lost. And now, thank God, with the new way of doing business, there are a lot of new emerging businesses who are now relearning how to build trust, teaching people again about trust that it actually exists um and that there is hope now with the new way of doing business as opposed to always um the client being on the lookout for where's the catch uh what is it that you haven't told me uh where's the lie um like this creating this partnership where really you're here to help me and i'm here to benefit from your service as opposed to always being on the lookout for what, who's going to backstab me and where's the catch? Yeah, and that's where I guess money back guarantees and things can, you know, it may be scary offering it because there are, you know, a small amount of people who do abuse those. But at least mm. I know for myself, okay, so just for example, on a personal thing, you know, um, I was just using a cheap pillow to sleep on and I was starting to get neck problems. Like one day it's just seriously locked up and they would go to the chiropractor three times to unlock it properly. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to invest in a proper pillow but I don't like the contoured ones. So I looked online, it was the Koala brand. And um, I was like, but it's like 130 bucks. I'm used to a $10 pillow. Um, So I'm like, if I'm going to invest in this uh, and then, you know, reading through it, I think it was like either a 30 or 60 day return policy. Mm. And I thought, great, because I should then know um, that it's going to work. If they didn't have any of that, I wouldn't have invested because I would have gone, oh, I'm freaking out. It's too foreign to invest, spend so much money on a pillow, even though you spend so much of your life on it. Um, so, yeah, that just that helped push me over the line. So I think that in terms of the trust thing, 100%, that's, that yeah. kind of thing can really help out. Um, and, yeah, for like the boot camp, I'm going to do like a, you know, 14-day where you can change your mind and then no, otherwise you're locked into the membership. 
because people should know within 14 days I don't only buy some remorse I want people to you know be excited because that's the energy Absolutely. I want right Absolutely. Um, and so how do you look after your health and wellness oh wow uh, that's a big one <laughs> I have different I have things that I don't change um so th- there is always something that has to do with what I eat uh, exercise for movement um there is knowledge so the mind feeding the mind and then there's also meditation so um having said that it doesn't mean that i'm the perfect um athlete or uh like i'm always eating broccoli and kale um <laughs> no that's not i'm the perfect me- person who meditates uh or i read 15 books a year no um so i i, I usually i'm always looking at comparing my me to me so I, I love looking at people who are very well-rounded around certain things. So let's say meditation, someone who meditates every single morning, let's say. Um, I can see what I can aspire for, what's possible. Um, and then I look where I'm at and what would be the most likely uh, tiny set that I can commit to and create a habit out of uh, without feeling the pressure or not being good enough. And it's not that I have been this way from the get-go, I've learned this over a period of time. I used to compare, I used to not feel good about myself and all of that. And it was only after a period of time where I started to realize that I needed to compare me to me. Um, so what, what I've been doing for the past years is um, stretching myself as I was moving forward when I was feeling comfortable around a certain thing. So let's say at the moment I'm meditating once a week. Um, and actually I have a variety of meditations that I do. Um, one of my favorite ones is heart math. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. This one, no. What's that? Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a device that is actually looking at measuring uh, the micro uh, changes of your heart beat, the pulse, and it can say what it can tell whether you are in coherence or not. Because the more coherent you are, the more you are aligned to make the right decisions, to see clearly through things, to be. Uh, to get oh, your ego cool out of the that? way. That's awesome. So if yeah. you're obviously a bit worked up or anxious, you'll be going, beep, don't make decisions, don't make decisions. <laughs> don't do anything <laughs> rash. <laughs> it's more about, it's not like it's constancy there. It's when you are, the more you do this exercise, let's say you do 15 minutes every day or 15 yeah. minutes, uh, three times a day, obviously the, the more you exercise this coherence muscle in you, um, the more likely you are to be, uh, at a higher percentage during the day into a coherent state because it starts to be a habit. You are rewiring your breath uh, to be this way automatically. Uh, so it's an exercise. It's like training the coherence muscle over a period of time to be more likely to be in this state. Um, so this is one of my favorite practices. So at the beginning it was, oh, I want to do this. And I would go for a whole week every day. And then I would feel the pressure. If I don't do it, then I'm not good enough. And how others are doing it for three times. And then I'm like, I am where I am. And I started to say, okay, let's try once every two weeks. That's right. And then every time I felt that I was at a stage where I was comfortable with it, it was happening without resistance, it was part of my new ritual, I would up it a notch. Okay, now let's do once every week. So everything around uh, what I do in looking after my health and well-being have been this way. Uh, up until I was able to have different things that I'm doing, which is what I eat, how I exercise, uh, meditation as well and and feeding 
my mind. So, so mainly reading and having access to podcasts, anything that has to do with something that I have interest in uh, developing from a knowledge standpoint. I love it. Thank you for sharing all that. That's yeah, I really like that perspective as well because you know I with a, you know, a friend of mine we're like all right let's let's go back to meditating daily we stop for months and yeah shame on us you know um and we keep each other accountable to <laughs> to do it daily but it's true I mean look I'm also getting back into my exercise a bit more regularly but I still you know go for the chocolate and a part of me thinks oh you shouldn't be in the chocolate because you're exercising but then I'm like if I eliminate chocolate completely it's gonna I'm just gonna end up craving it and just have too much so it's better to have it occasionally and then eventually have less and less and then yeah um do it gradually rather than going hardcore all right health kick because no one's yeah. going to that um and how can people connect with you yeah linkedin would be a great way i uh, would love it if you could direct message me to let me know how we met but this makes it much easier for me to accept the invitation uh, or on my website leadershipactivators.com.au fantastic and we'll look up the podcast as well i'm gonna yeah start following yeah. it um awesome. awesome well thank you so much it's been really insightful because i like you know i i've been familiar with this profiling but when you said oh you can use it to help you in marketing and sales i'd never been yeah had never really thought into that much detail with each of the p- personas so thank you so much for sharing this has been great um Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating or review where you can and grab a screenshot of the episode and share it across your socials. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you're a fan of the show. You can also find me on Instagram under LeanneShelton247 or you can book in a free 15-minute chat via the show notes. I'd absolutely love to chat about how I can help you grow a thriving health and wellness business. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.